Well, he got over to the house and he noticed how this, how this husband just kept referring to his wife with, with really sweet names. He called her sweetheart and sweetie and baby and honey. All these just, just really kind names. And, and so as she went into the kitchen, this gentleman said to his friend, I know you guys have been married for, for nearly 70 years. And I think it's incredible how in love y'all are. How, how you always keep talking to her and saying things so sweet to her and calling her all of those pet names. And, and uh, has, has he heard those words that the older gentleman looked down and he said, well, to tell you the truth... I hadn't been able to remember her name in 10 years. <laughs> now, now, we know, uh, for those of us who have any kind of years on us at all, we know that memory becomes an issue fairly quick, doesn't it? It's harder to remember things the, the older that you get. And, and we, can, we can laugh about this, but in reality, the truth is that these kinds of things can can be a matter of, of uh, extreme concern. In reality, aging brings uh, a lot of difficulty and a lot of heartache, uh, a lot of challenges. In fact, in Ecclesiastes 12.1, Solomon said this. He compared the older years to days of trouble. Days of trouble because of the, the challenges, health challenges that you face. And so this morning... As we think about getting older, something all of us are, are going to do if, if the Lord allows us to, to stay here, if He doesn't take us home sooner, we're going to find help from Psalm 71. Now, I'm going to be speaking, uh, especially this morning, to those of you who, who uh, are more advanced in years. But again, the principles that are here in this psalm, they apply to all of us. And as I said a moment ago, if the Lord doesn't take us home, this is a journey that we're all going to go on. Um, So let's look at Psalm 71. In you, O Lord, do I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness, deliver me and rescue me. Incline your ear to me and save me. Be to me a rock of refuge to which I may continually come. You have given the command to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. Rescue me, O my God, from the hand of the wicked. From the grasp of the unjust and cruel man. For you, O Lord, are my hope. My trust, O Lord, from my youth. Upon you I have leaned from before my birth. You are he who took me from my mother's womb. My praise is continually of you. I've been as important to many, but you are my strong refuge. My mouth is filled with your praise and with your glory all the day. Now in this psalm we're going to see... That as the years advance, we should rest in God's faithfulness. We should rest in in the faithfulness of God. And and in these verses that we've just read, how do you rest in God's faithfulness? Well, first, know that God is unchanging. Know that that God is unchanging. In verse 1, the psalmist says here, It's in you, God, that, that, that I take refuge. He says, in your righteousness, deliver me. So so what the psalmist is doing is he's focusing on who God is, on the character of God. And he's likening God to a refuge. He says, God, you are holy, you are righteous, you are good. In verse 3, he calls God a rock, a rock of refuge. 
And he says to you, may I continually come. Now, this is, this is interesting because throughout this psalm, we're going to see this word continually. The psalmist here is suggesting, and we'll get there in a moment, that from the time that he was a boy until now, in his advanced years, that he is seeking the Lord. Here the psalmist is saying, God, I continually come to you. In other words, God, I go to you all the time. As the psalmist here is getting older, instead of drifting away from God or instead of sort of just putting it on cruise, no, he's advancing in his relationship with the Lord. He's continually going to the Lord. He's growing in his relationship with the Lord Jesus. And this is a picture of uh, of what we ought to be looking for. We want to be growing in him. So, so he says, I come to you continually. In verse 3, he says, you're my fortress. In verse 4, the psalmist has found himself in a situation that he never imagined. In his older age, he's found himself with a group of enemies. In a sense, he probably thought to himself, God, why should I have to be dealing with this at this age of my life? Why should I have these people who are working against me? So he says, God, rescue me from from those who are trying to harm me, from those who are working against me. In verse 5, he says, God, you are my hope. Again, we keep seeing that the psalmist keeps going back to the character of God. Who is God? And that's where he's finding hope. That's where he's finding rest. That's where he's finding strength. He says, from the time of my youth. And notice in verse 6, he says, before birth, I was leaning on you. In other words, uh, the author here recognizes that from the time that he was in his mother's womb, that God, God was showing him favor, allowing him to live and to grow. Incidentally, we get a hint here of when life begins. Life doesn't begin after the womb. Life begins the moment of conception from a biblical perspective. But here, the, the psalmist recognizes that God has been with him from the time that he was just a tiny one in his mother's womb, all the way till now in his advanced years. In verse 7, he says, I've been important to many. And this could, could, could uh, say something like, I've been a miracle to many, or I have been a marvel to many. Basically, the idea is, God, I've faced a lot of hardship in my life. And we'll see that again in a moment later in the psalm. And a lot of people have looked at me and marveled and said, good heavens, how is the hand of God on him? Look at all the things he's faced. Look at all the difficulties that he's endured. How can you say that God's hand is on him? So a lot of people have looked at me like that, God. But what does he say in verse 7? But you are my strong refuge. God, I may have been those things. And people may look at me and see that and suggest that you haven't been with me. But God, you have been with me. You have been my refuge, my strength. My peace, verse 8, my mouth is filled with your praise. He's saying, my heart is so filled with who you are, God, that my lips have to speak. I've got to praise you. I've got to glorify you. So we see here the psalmist recognizes that God's nature is unchanging. Now, as we get older, well, we start to lose hair and... If we're not careful, have to start dealing with things like cataracts, sometimes arthritis. Um, gets tougher to get around and you start hurting in places sometimes you didn't even know you had, right? Those kinds of things. As you get older and older, your body begins to change. And we're going to see the psalmist struggle with these very issues. But what the psalmist recognized is this, 
though I may be changing, though I may be aging and losing my strength and vitality, God, you are unchanging. You are unchanging. And there's a strength there that the psalmist finds. You see, God will be faithful no matter, even as you age. No matter the circumstance, God will be with you. So don't live in fear about the future. Don't live in fear about your health, worrying about this and worrying. No, trust that that God, if you belong to him, is going to be with you. He's going to walk with you through whatever he, he permits in your life. So as you age, find strength in the character of God, in the person of God. Spend time reflecting on who he is. Spend time praising his name. Notice that's what the psalmist is doing here. Instead of fretting these things, he's praising God. So we've seen that we rest in God's faithfulness by reflecting on his unchanging character. Let's pick up in verse 9. Do not cast me off in the time of old age. Forsake me not when my strength is spent. For my enemies speak concerning me. Those who watch for my life consult together and say, God has forsaken him. Pursue and seize him, for there is none to deliver him. O God, be not far from me. O my God, make haste to help me. May my accusers be put to shame and consumed with scorn and disgrace. May they be covered who seek my hurt. So in these verses, we see that you can rest in the faithfulness of God by knowing that God hears your prayers. Knowing that God hears your prayers. In verse 9, he says, God, as, as I get older, as my age increases, don't toss me away. Don't set me aside. God, hear my prayers. Even though my strength is spent, in other words, even though my physical health is declining, God, don't toss me away. And he says of those who, who want to harm me, of those who say, well, God has forsaken him, now's our chance to really get him. Now's our chance to, to really get at him. God, you deliver me. You, you take care of them. Lord, make haste to help me. God, come quickly. So here the psalmist is struggling. He's, he's agonizing, facing these enemies, these who are against him, and facing the, the decline of, of his health. And yet he prays to God. And there's a clear confidence that he has that God's going to hear because of who God is, because of God's character. And so in the difficulties of, of life, as the year, years increase, call out to God in prayer. Share what's on your heart with him. Share what hurts. Share what scares you. Share what worries you. Ask him for help. Leave it with him. We, we go to the Lord and we say, God, I'm, I'm struggling with this and with this and with this. And God, I, I'm giving it to you. You take care of me. You, you hold me. And we know that if we belong to God in his faithfulness, he always will. He always will. So let him know what you need. So we've seen that God, uh, God's faithfulness can, can be known. And we can rest in his faithfulness because he hears the prayers of, of his people. Now let's pick up in verse 14. But I will continually hope and will praise you yet more and more. My mouth will tell of your righteous acts, of your deeds of salvation all the day. For their number is past my knowledge. With the mighty deeds of the Lord God, I will come. I will remind them of your righteousness, yours alone. 
Oh God, from my youth you have taught me, and I still proclaim your wondrous deeds. So even to old age and gray hairs, O oh God, do not forsake me until I proclaim your might to another generation, your power to all those to come. Your righteousness, O oh God, reaches the high heavens. You who have done great things, O oh God, who is like you? You who have made me see many troubles and calamities will revive me again. From the depths of the earth, you will bring me up again. You will increase my greatness and comfort me again. I will also praise you with the heart for your faithfulness, O oh my God. I will sing praises to you with the lyre, O Holy One of Israel. My lips will shout for joy when I sing praises to you. My soul also, which you have redeemed, and my tongue will talk of your righteous help all the day long. For they have been put to shame and disappointed who sought to do me hurt. So these verses remind us that you rest in God's faithfulness as you know that God has a purpose for your life. As you know that, that God has a purpose for your life. In verse 14, the psalmist says, again, I'm hoping in you continually. His relationship with the Lord is vital. It's ongoing. It's daily. He's trusting God. He's hoping in God. And he's praising God. In verse 15, he says, my mouth is going to tell of your righteousness. When I speak, I'm going to tell people about who you are. I'm going to tell people about your goodness and your righteousness. And he says, I'm going to tell them about your deeds of salvation, how you save the lost, how you rescue, how you redeem. I'm going to tell people about that. Their number, all the ways that you do these things, God, they're beyond my comprehension. They're so great. And so, God, I'm... I'm going to tell people those things. Now, there are a lot of things that we can talk about or we can say or focus on. But what the psalmist is doing here is he's focusing on the greatness of God and the glory of God. And he's telling other people about him. Now, you understand this. When we really like something or we're interested in something or we're excited about something, we talk a lot about it. That's the thing that, that we want to talk about. What the psalmist has done here is he has such a love relationship with God, such a vital and close and living relationship with the Lord that he wants to tell others. He, he wants to share how great God really is with others. And so he says, I am going to tell of your deeds of righteousness. In verse 16, he says, I'm going to remind them of all that you do. And so I'm going, to tell, I'm going to tell others, I'm going to tell my friends, I'm going to tell other people who trust in you, God, I'm going to remind them. When they're struggling in their faith and they're saying, where's God or, or what's going on? I'm going to remind them that you're faithful. I'm going to remind them that you're righteous. I'm going to minister and, and tell others about you. And so in verse 17, he says, from my youth you have taught me. So from the time I was just a boy, God, I was learning about you and growing in you and still God, I am proclaiming your wonders. So he has a lifetime of, of striving to walk with God and knowing God. Verse 18, even to old age and gray hairs, God, don't forsake me. So even as, as I get older and my hair begins to gray, God, you, you take care of me. You be with me. And we see in verse 18 what his heart is. He says, be with me until I can proclaim your greatness to another generation, to a coming generation. Do you see what's on the heart of this man of God? 
as he gets older. He's not focusing on all the negative things that he could focus on. What's he focusing on? He's focusing on the next generation. God, I want to see the next generation reached. I want to see those who are younger than me. I want to see that they come to know you and they love you and walk with you. What a wonderful vision for us as we grow older that we might turn our focus on the younger generation. Not so much for critique, though there's a place for that. But for the desire to see them come to know Jesus. For the desire to see them treasure the Lord and walk with Him and become men of God who one day in their older years are looking down to the ones behind them and striving to bring them along. That's the passion of this elderly man of God. That's his passion. That's his desire that the coming generation might know. They might know your power. Verse 19, your righteousness is so great, God. You've done so many incredible things. I just, I just praise you. In verse 20, the psalmist says, you've made me see many troubles and I've faced many calamities. So he says to God, God, you are great, but I'm not going to deny In this world, I've faced a lot of hardship. You've brought a lot of hard things into my life. Those hard things do not keep this gentleman from seeking the Lord. They cause him to lean into the Lord. That's what we see in this psalm. You live long enough and you're going to face a lot of difficulty, a lot of hardship, a lot of tragedy. And the psalmist is saying, God, instead of letting those, instead of those things pulling me or pushing me away from you, God, I'm going to lean into you and I'm going to trust you in the midst of those troubles. I'm going to trust that you'll revive me again, that you'll give me new hope and new life. In verse 20, he says, from the depths of the earth, you will bring me up again. You see, for the believer, for the one who is in Christ, the tomb is as low as you'll ever go. That's as low as you'll ever go because you see if you belong to Christ when you are laid in the earth. Oh, you look forward to the the incredible life that is ahead. God raises you from the tomb to that glorious mount to, to worship Him, to live forever in heaven with Him. And so here the psalmist reflects and says, I may go to the tomb, but God, you'll raise me up. God, you'll lift me up. You are with me. Verse 21, you will give me comfort. You'll increase my my strength. And so, the Apostle Paul reflected on something similar in 2 Corinthians 4, verses 16 and 17. So we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light, momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. What does Paul say? Paul says, you know what? This shell that I'm in, this body of mine, it's wasting away outwardly. My my strength is declining. I'm facing challenges and difficulties. But we know that as we suffer through these light and momentary difficulties, and in comparison to eternity, they will be. 
We know that inwardly God renews us and gives us new strength and that that one day all of this suffering will mean a greater glory in heaven, a, a greater joy and fullness in heaven because of the difficulty and the hardship and the suffering that that we faced here on earth. And so he says in verse 22, God, I'll praise you because you are faithful. I'll lift your name up. I'll I'll sing praises to you. In verse 23, I'll shout for joy. I'll sing praises because you have redeemed. In verse 24, my tongue will talk of you. What do you see coming out of this man's mouth? Not complaining, not griping, not fretting, not worrying, but praise. He's put his focus on God. He's saying to God, use me, calling out to you in prayer. And as he seeks God, what does God put on his heart? It's praise. Now, that's a good word for all of us, no matter our age. It's a good word for all of us. What should flow out of a believer who's growing in Christ? It should be praise. Our hearts should be full of a love for him and a a passion for him. Now, in American culture, and probably Western culture at large, there's sort of a cult of youth going on where, where we minimize uh, the, the importance of, of our seniors. We minimize the importance of those who, who are advanced in years. And, and we try to make everything about the youth and, and what the youth like and what the youth want. And, and we have entire industries that have developed to keep you young and to keep you from aging because the worst thing that can happen to you from our culture's perspective often is to age. You've got to stay young. But you know what? It's not really a biblical perspective at all. Leviticus 19.32 says, Rise in the presence of the aged. Proverbs 16.31 says, The gray hair is a crown of splendor. In fact, in the Bible, you see that God used folks who were advanced in years to accomplish some of his greatest works. Think of Joshua and his courage in conquering the promised land. Think of Moses as he led the people out of Egypt. God did his greatest work through a lot of the saints when they were well advanced in years. Think of Anna in the New Testament. Think of Sarah. And the list could go on and on and on. Our culture says that aging is bad. But from a biblical perspective, aging is a good thing. If a person walks with the Lord, it brings wisdom. It brings depth. And, and, and those who are, who are aging and elderly ought to be shown the greatest respect and, and honor. Scripture is very clear on this. So if you belong to God, He has a purpose for you no matter your age. If you belong to Him, He's got a purpose for you. So what, what might your purpose be? Well, part of your purpose might be trying to teach the younger generations about who He is. That's what this the author of this psalm was, was focused on. He wanted the coming generations to know. Maybe you could, maybe you could teach a class. Maybe you could help with Awanas, and you could be teaching the little ones about the faithfulness of God. What an incredible opportunity. Or maybe, maybe your health doesn't permit you to be able to be there in that situation. Could it be that God is wanting you to be passing on that faith to, to a grandson or a great-grandson? To a granddaughter or a great-granddaughter? When they come to see you, you can talk with them and visit with them, have fun with them. 
And you can set an example of what it means to be a godly woman, what it means to be a godly man. You can set an example for them like like the author here is setting for us. Can you share Jesus with others? If you've still got the ability to to speak and and clarity of mind, can you share Jesus with others that that you come into contact with, that, that they might be saved? It could be that your years of experience and that the example that you set, even facing the challenges and difficulties of aging, might just be the very example and words that God uses to rescue that nurse and to help her see that the gospel's real because she sees it's real in your life. Could it be that God has brought you to this place at this very time because there's people in your life that need to hear the gospel from from a man with integrity, from a woman with integrity, a woman who lives it, a man who lives it, and a man who's faced difficulty and suffering and hardship. Your words are going to mean a lot when you speak. Oh, maybe the Lord has put you in this place for such a time as this. And so, can you tell others about Jesus? What else should we be thinking about? We ought to be thinking about prayer. We see the psalmist here praying. We can pray. So, so if we have clarity of mind, we can pray. And so we ought to pray. We ought to pray for our own strength in the Lord. We ought to pray for our families, pray for the church, pray for re- revival in the nation, pray for people to be saved, all kinds of things we can, we can pray about. So if you're still here and you've got clarity of mind, you can pray. Even if there's a lot of things that you can't do. And prayer is huge. God uses prayer in amazing ways. What else? You can praise God with, with a song or just with words. That's what the psalmist does here. He's just, he's just gushing forth with praise of God. So, so you can spend time focusing on who God is and praising God. I praise you because you are faithful. God, I praise you because you're true, because you're righteous. These are things that, that, we, can, that we can do, no, no matter our age, if we have clarity of mind. So, so praise Him and pray. Whatever you do, don't lose your joy and your hope. Don't lose your joy and your hope. Keep praising God, trusting Him to be with you. Keep learning about Him. Don't get stale in your faith and say, well, I've done all that. No, keep growing continually, in the words of, of the psalmist here, continually. Knowing the Lord more and more and more and more. If the Lord has you here on this earth and you belong to Him, then He has a purpose for you. Embrace that. The world may say, hey, well, we're going to sideline you. You've made your contribution. Your time's done. But the Lord does not do that. The Lord does not do that. Embrace the fact that God has you here and that He has a reason to keep you here. As one pastor said, getting older isn't a choice, but how you respond to it is. And if we're going to respond to it in a way that pleases the Lord, it'll be because we recognize that He wants to use us. So don't lose heart and wonder why the Lord has you here. As you increase in years, no, keep doing all you can for the glory of God. So until you breathe that Final breath, you keep doing what you can. No spiritual retirement, no spiritual social security. We're going to press on until the very end. You know, when you think about the importance of of talking to the younger generations, 
I heard one man say it like this. When you tell a younger person about Jesus, what you're doing is you're sending missionaries into the future. You're sending missionaries to a place that you can never go. And so those of us, all of us, as we get older, we need to think in those terms. We're not going to be around in 50, 60 years. But we can tell Jesus to people who will be. And we can send missionaries all across the world. Praise God, let's do that. But we can also send missionaries into the future. Let's embrace that calling. As we get older, every one of us, whatever our age, let's constantly be trying to invest in the generation below us that they might come to know Jesus and treasure Him above all things so that when we're dead and gone, when we're buried, and when people don't even remember our name, those people that we invested in can still be moving forward and telling people about Jesus. Now that's a vision worth living for. That's a purpose worth embracing. You got breath, he's got a purpose for you. Paul Brand was a a famous missionary doctor and and he shares in a book that he wrote a moving story about his mother. She was serving uh, among the people of India and this is what he wrote. When Granny Brand reached 69, she was told by her mission to retire and she did. Until she found a new range of mountains where no missionary had ever visited. Without mission society support, she climbed those mountains, built a little wooden shack, and worked another 26 years. Because of a broken hip and creeping paralysis, she could only walk with the aid of two bamboo sticks. But on the back of an old horse, she rode all over the mountains, a medicine box strapped behind her. She sought out the unwanted, the unlovely, the sick, the maimed and the blind, and she brought treatment to them. When she came to settlements who knew her, a great crowd of people would burst out to greet her. My mother died at the age of 95, poor nutrition, and failing health had swollen her joints and made her gaunt and fragile. She had stopped caring about her personal appearance long ago, even refusing to look in a mirror, lest she see the effects of her grueling life. She was a part of the advance guard the front line presenting God's love to deprived people. Listen to me. As we get older, we don't need to sideline ourselves. No, we need to say to God, God, use me until I breathe my last and trust that in his faithfulness, he'll do just that. So as the years go by, rest in his faithfulness. He is unchanging. He hears your prayers and he has a purpose for you. So seniors, you keep going. Don't you retire. We need your example. We need your wisdom. We need you to keep telling the coming generations. You can tell them in a way that none of us can. Your words can carry a weight that ours won't. And younger folks, we need to keep honoring and respecting our seniors. And as a congregation, we cannot forget those who who are growing older, those who become homebound and who are in homes, we have a responsibility to keep caring for them, to keep ministering to them. Again, this building's here and this faith family's here because there are folks who have long been in the grave who are faithful. God is calling us to respect and honor our seniors. Hebrews 9.27 says this, It is appointed unto man once to die. 
and after that to face judgment. None of us knows how long we're going to live. It could be that you're going to live a hundred years. You're going to live to be a hundred years old. But it could be that we could die this afternoon. We, we don't know. The question at hand is this. Are you ready? When death calls your name, are you ready? Are you ready to meet God? Are you ready to stand before God? You see, God is completely and absolutely good. And He can't accept any kind of sin or wrongdoing. But every one of us, our hearts are filled with sin. We've done all sorts of things we shouldn't do. We've said all kinds of things we shouldn't say. We've thought all kinds of things we shouldn't think. Our hearts are filled with sin. Even the, the greatest saint has a heart that's dark before the Lord. And so God in his, in his complete purity, he can't just say, okay, well, no big deal. Everybody's welcome. No, that sin is an affront to who he is. And what does God say about sin? It must be punished. You must face the judgment of God. But guess what God did in his incredible love? He sent his son Jesus to come to this earth and he lived a perfect life and he was nailed to the cross. And guess what his death on the cross means? It means that those of us with dirty hearts, that's all of us, can have our hearts washed clean eternally. And it means that those of us who would have faced the wrath of God, instead the wrath of God has been laid upon Jesus and now we can know him. But the question is, have you ever made peace with God? Have you ever said to God, I'm turning from my sin. I believe Jesus came and lived and died and rose again and I want to follow him. Have you ever done that? And if you've never done that, I want you to know today the scriptures are clear. You remain an enemy of God. But you don't have to. Today you could become his child. What an incredible, what an incredible joy. You could become his child. And once you come to know Jesus, he'll hold you tight and he'll never, ever, ever let go of you. That's the promise that the children of God have. As you age, he'll never let go. And as you pass from this life, you'll awake in his arms. What? An incredible promise. If you've never come to know the Lord Jesus, in just a moment, we'll stand and sing. I'll be here. Ralph will be here. And you, we would love to visit with you more about how you can know the Lord Jesus yourself, how you can make peace with God, and how you can know one day, and we don't know what day that is, but one day when death comes, <laughs> you'll be with him. Let's pray.